Well, oh, as as this dog in the background just howling out of my window. You have nothing on Preble. <laughs> like, oh, this that's totally true. Yeah, I was gonna say, Max, stay off my fucking territory, okay? <laughs> that's my shit. So find your own bit. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Dicks in the Back Row. Now the third most searched podcast that has dicks in the title. And uh, if this is if this is the first time that you've heard our show, we apologize in advance. Uh, but what we do is just watch a movie, and if it's good, we make fun of it. And if it's bad, we put Tim Begin on Suicide Watch. So, <laughs> my name is Max Healy, based out here in Nashville, Tennessee. And over in Boston, Mass., as just mentioned, we have Tim Begin, who just recently moved to the North End with his lovely lady. Tim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I've been uh, stuffing my face with meatballs and gnocchis, uh, and... I'm uh, officially Italian now. <laughs> you lavender lily-skinned fuck. Yep. <laughs> also, I think it was a good, uh, definitely a good move for Tim to watch Footloose before moving. <laughs> Otherwise, he might be podcasting in the street like our other friend here, Mike Preble. So, uh, <laughs> Preble, it was actually it was great to actually hear your voice for the first time on the show last week. How you doing? Um, I'm, I'm very well, Max. Thank you. Thank you so much for this introduction. Um, I've moved into a different portion of my uh, of my apartment, so... Let's see. Let's see how many fire trucks slash thunderstorms burst through in this part. I just imagine Preble's apartment is like Johnny Castle's cabin. <laughs> just a lot of screen doors knocked out. You know, just like literally <laughs> decrepit, about to collapse in on itself. Exactly. It, it, just beer it bottles and a mattress on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Derek Brady in his uh, natural habitat in Nashville, Tennessee. How you doing? Doing good. It's good to be at home for one of these. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to be uh, wrapping up our dancing double feature while at the same time kicking off our super macho and masculine, but also at the same time sensitive Patrick Swayze September. And for our first film, we're going to be doing the movie that Footloose dreams to be when they actually grow up. And that's 1987's Dirty Dancing, starring our man of the month, Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, Law and Order's Jerry Orbach, and Nashville's own Cynthia Rhodes. So, uh, before we actually... And Wayne Knight. Yeah, and don't forget about <laughs> Wayne Knight. We'll talk about yeah, Wayne Knight yeah. here in a minute. Hold your horses. Newman's coming. Uh, so, but... I think you missed a character, man. Lenny Briscoe? I think that's the actor's <laughs> name, actually. I'm not sure. I'm not, I think you mistakenly <laughs> said by, by another name. Detective Briscoe? Yeah, no, Detective Briscoe, yeah. Um, have any of you guys actually seen this movie before? This is my first time. Just like Jennifer Grey. We... Was it a better... Was it a better experience than Footloose, Tim? Uh, way better experience. You want to know why? It was purely because of Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is an amazing, amazing, amazing man. I, I swear to God, I was like rock hard for this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick- that was kind of my thing. I just like the the big dick energy he was bringing to this movie. Dude, just his, every time he entered the room, dude, his like slender but yet masculine frame. I mean, I I think every man wants to aspire to that. You know? Big dick, small waist. It's right. a dancer's body. Yeah, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen this movie before either. I actually, I don't think I've ever seen like any Swayze movies really. So this is going to be a, an eye opener for me. Ooh, we get you just you just buckle up. Yeah, no, get with two female belt buckles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, this is this is my first time seeing it too. Um, to your point, I, I thought that everything Footloose wanted to be was what Dirty Dancing was. I, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll just get right into it then. So the movie starts off with some uh, hot pink fawn and a bunch of people just dirty dancing in slow motion. So that's already just a better start over a bunch of like dirty sneakers tapping on a stage. Um, (laughs) That opening scene was just people fucking, right? That was that was that was pornography, right? I'm pretty sure it was. I think they just they should have just had a blinking red sign that said restricted above the title, though. I think so what I thought what I was thinking to myself too is that this is probably like the nightmare that John Lithgow was having in Footloose and he was waking up in a cold sweat to this opening credit scene. <laughs> just just Patrick Swayze just fucking railing his daughter. <laughs> Gyrating away the entire time, just a lot of like undulating chests. I was like, Oh, okay. I see what this is all about. This is this is the dancing they do in Harlem. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Preble's like, I'm, going, I'm never getting a job. Man, <laughs> man you know, there's, there's there's a character in fitness test, and I'm, 
absolutely 100% fucking sure I've failed just by, <laughs> just by being a part of this podcast. And be like, so is this you, sir? And be like, uh, well, it isn't not me. I play the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Preble, whenever he actually meets his clients, the first question he's got to ask is, do you listen to podcasts? And then the second question is, did you do it or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the first scene, you meet Jennifer Grey just setting up the movie, going to the summer camp, uh, which I guess is just something that people did like during the Cold War, going with your whole family to some like upper upstate New York summer camp. Yeah. W- yeah what was just- that? I think it's, it's like the, a, supposed to be like a Catskills resort, you know, like back, you know, back in the olden days when like Jewish people would go up to the Catskills and yeah, go to these like resorts. It's the Borscht Belt. That's what this is, and I'm yeah. not joking. That's what it is. It's just like in the Catskills and in New York, New York State, I should say. It's just where like Jewish people went to hang out in the summer. Hmm. Okay. Fun facts. Well, there we go. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Preble. I'm going to refrain from the Schindler's List jokes for right now because... Um, you know. <laughs> yep. It's where Jewish people used to take their underage daughters to get fucked by Patrick Swayze. I mean, this, <laughs> this is a time-honored Jewish tradition. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So one of the, actually, so one of the first people they actually do meet, though, is Wayne Knight. And um, if you keep in score at home, so now it's Sam Neill and Wayne Knight tied at two. But um, I doubt we're ever going to see Sam again. <laughs> You know that it, it, this is the summer of 1963, uh, before the JFK assassination and the Vietnam War, because they mention it about like ten times before anything actually important happens in this movie. They yeah. mention the yeah. Vietnam War. They mentioned the- Vietnam like several times. Oh, okay. This movie, I will say, is like not shy about just being like this is about class struggle and like disillusionment with like the establishment, like starting from the beginning and then going like straight to the end, because it's all like rich people versus poor people. Like, really, like, there's no subtlety here. I'll say that. Yeah. They're just all, like, shoving this in your face. So there's a scene there's a scene when Lenny Briscoe, or Detective Briscoe, is talking to his daughter about, like, a travesty, and he says something about, like, a dog attacking someone in Selma. Now, is he, for, is he pro-dog or is he anti-dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I well, I'm he... just glad he had his dog license. Right. Uh, yes. Which is apparently a thing. That's a, that's yeah. a good pull through from the last episode. I like that, Marco. <laughs> this is good. Hey, make it sure, make it sure our listeners are staying with us here. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't know if y'all noticed Wayne Knight's character name. He's actually playing noted ESPN analyst Max Kellerman. <laughs> <laughs> Max really slimmed down. <laughs> Max looks great for his age. All right, so uh, so for one of the first of many times in this movie, baby's just walking around and spies on this owner, Max, telling his staff. To uh, make all the girls feel special, even the super ugly ones. And then old Patrick Swayze shows up with his Wayfarers on, even though it's dark outside and he's inside as well. Dick just swanging as he walks in. But the thing, of the thing, Max, too, is that he's like, make them feel special, but don't you dare fuck them. He said, even the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> even the dogs. <laughs> ugly girls have rights, too, guys. He's like, take them out and look at the stars, but don't you dare <laughs> think about knocking them up. He oh, says that specifically God. to Swayze, though. He's like, listen, just teach them the mambo this time, okay? I don't want, I'm not paying you to fuck all these wives and daughters this time. Right. Which is like, this. what a what like a reckless, you know, this is like a, such a <laughs> cool like bunch of staff that works at this resort. I worked at a country club. It was basically just like virgins who needed a summer job. That well, <laughs> These are Harvard I, and Yale students. They only recruit the best waiters. Except, I, except for the dancers who are all just like you said, Paco, just dick swinging, walking in. Well, and, and can we talk about you, Max? You mentioned it earlier that obviously baby's name. It made me really uncomfortable seeing all these old men mm. calling her baby throughout this movie. Yeah, I didn't like it. Just over and over. Hey, baby. Ugh. Uh, it's like Tim at a bathhouse. <laughs> I also like um just the, that that douchey waiter's like, hey, you think you can handle that? And then Swayze just like flips his plate over. <laughs> right. yeah, just knocks silverware over like take that and that's gonna take you a whole three seconds yeah. to get back together keep yourself college boy Swayze's basically yeah Swayze's basically like I'm gonna go fuck these girls and then he, then he goes why don't you make sure your pickles get on the plate yeah, yeah he said <laughs> yeah, put your pickle like, on everybody's plate yeah. <laughs> I had that written down uh, <laughs> what a man what a man oh god American hero so uh, later that on hair <laughs> Alright, so later on though, Jennifer Grey's dancing with the stiff who's the owner's grandson, and then the Mambo comes on and 
Swayze gets his dance on for the first time, which just makes Jennifer Grey almost pass out. Just sopping wet. You almost heard ask, like a uh, gushing, you know, like heard like an aquifer hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, splash. <laughs> they ask Neil, which is the creepiest character in this movie. Uh, you know, who, 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 who are those people? He says, oh, they're the dance people. They're here to keep the guests happy. <laughs> bet they fucking are. They're the help. I bet they fucking are. They're here to fuck you. Uh, I will say, there's there's one point where the guy's like, you know, somebody they're like, that's not going to sell lessons. Like, they're how well they're dancing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand how that's not going to sell lessons. Right. Like, Patrick Swayze's, like, willing to, like, throw this woman's, like, you know, her, like, foot over his shoulder. And, like, it's just, like, you know, like, underpants galore. And they're like, yeah, no one's going to want that. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Of course we do. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, their well, premise is that, like, if they danced less good, people would want to take lessons. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's ass <laughs> backwards. Just, this guy definitely didn't go to the Cornell School of Hotel Management. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he'd fucking know better. Right. Dumb sack of shit. <laughs> uh, it's about this time where you also see... Again, one of my favorite actors, is, as the audience can clearly hear, is Wayne Knight as a magician's assistant, which is just absolutely tantalizing. <laughs> I swear, you can throw Wayne Knight in anything, and I'm going to fucking watch that movie. All right, so a little bit later on, Jennifer Grey is wandering around again, and she stumbles into Johnny Castle's cousin, who's uh, carrying watermelons. The longest watermelons I've ever seen. What's he doing with those watermelons? Yeah, they are on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, was on never really, that was never really, t- like, Explain what the watermelons were for. They walk in, they're like, oh, you got the watermelons right over there. The the setups for how this movie moves along is extremely strange, how they go from one step to the next. It's either watermelons or abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's it, Max. That's like the metaphor. That's like the pull through. It's like, oh, the watermelons are the abortions to come. (laughs) They can break. They're wet inside. (laughs) They taste delicious. The alley abortion that goes on in this movie. I mean... That's 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 what all good movies aspire uh, to be, and we're gonna get into that here in a little bit too. But I uh, did like a double take on it all, <laughs> like because uh, they were like, "Oh, I need two hundred fifty bucks," and I was like, "What the fuck did they need two hundred fifty bucks for?" And then it's it's for an abortion. <laughs> Is that what a fuck? <laughs> that what they cost back in sixty? No, you don't even need that. You just need a coat hanger and a and a stair a flight of stairs. Uh, I mean, e- even back. <laughs> I was even waiting for then. that to come in. I was just waiting for the stairs uh, or the yeah. coat hook. Yeah, I think I wrote down stairs later. But even back then, with like you know with the amount of inflation that's taken place between then and now, it's like two hundred fifty bucks seems real slow, like real slim to me. I looked it to up to get an abortion. I looked it up. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk about that later too. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. We had a whole segment dedicated to pre-row abortions. <laughs> so think of that when you think about Brett Kavanaugh being appointed to the Supreme Court. So. And that's and that's and a that's a Roe vs Wade uh, reference, fans. Yeah, just so everyone just, knows. Just so you all know, that's where I'm yeah. coming from. We're not full of Holocaust, Dick, and abortion jokes here. We're also really smart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's what it is. Politics, politics, talking politics. Baby convinces him to take her to the secret dirty dancing party, and then she just like walks into this orgy of people just fucking going oh, to yeah. town on each other. Dude, there are guys literally. Eating vagina on that dance floor. Yeah, you can hear nothing it. Nothing is like, off limits. No, that was uh, that was actually a cameo by uh, uh, Chevy Chase from from Caddyshack. Uh, Same country club. I was gonna say I'm, though, I I have to say though, it, the best part about seeing this is that whenever I was like in high school and stuff, and it was just all grinding, and then like all the adults are like, ugh. Like, that's not how you're supposed to dance. That's not how we did it back in the day. And then I can just point to this movie like, look at this shit. You guys were doing the same gross-ass shit in, like, a 95-degree heat. You're all, like, sweating and just, like, fucking busting, you know, your privates all on each other. So I was like, all right, all right. right. You guys were coming in your pants just the same as us. <laughs> Smashing genitals and eating watermelon. Things never change. Yeah, what, what's a party without summer, a- summer 1963 right there. That's what sums it up. <laughs> Also, though, this is it's this is 2018. If I walked into a party like that, I would just be like, holy shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'd walk into that party and be like, this is great, but I'm going to leave because this is not where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, going back to it, uh, during this dance, Swayze comes in with his platonic friend, Penny, and they just start dancing. And 
Jennifer Grey finds out that Johnny and Penny are just friends. To like this point, Jennifer Grey just like turns into Homer Simpson when he looks at a donut, just like drooling <laughs> from the mouth. Well, that's not the only place she was drooling from. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> now, Paco, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Can you get into the anatomy of that? <laughs> well, yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah. This is a smart podcast. <laughs> Literally anything, else, any direction I was going to go with that, Max was clearly going to edit it out. So, <laughs> so the what is it, Neil? So Neil's a creepy one, right? Played by Ted Bundy. Yeah, so uh, Ted, <laughs> a young Ted Bundy. That pretty much, yeah, he he would have nailed it as Ted Bundy. He's pretty much doing the same exact thing too. So he takes this uh, baby out to the docks, and he's just being a total douchebag, and he's in quotes says, "I'm the catch of the, of the county." Like all five foot two of me. Ugh. He's just like flicking her hair and then goes, Oh, I really love the way the wind fl- like flows through your hair. <laughs> just like, she's got her like pinned into a corner and like flicking her hair. It's like that, that is the definition of what Me Too is trying to fight against. <laughs> she's literally surrounded by water. Right. <laughs> it's it the implication. Yeah, Dennis, that's Dennis Reynolds. <laughs> Yeah, but women just really love men talking about other women they've been with. It's just, that always impresses yeah. them. <laughs> That's what I've learned over my over my many years on this planet, and just be like, you know what this other dame said about me having sex with a this, and it's like, oh man, this is so romantic. <laughs> you know, a lot of girls say I have a fantastic penis, and then you just hear just crickets. At that point, Jennifer Grey just dives into the water. <laughs> You know, that's when she just starts drowning herself, realizing this is my life. I'll do this for no myself. No Holyoke for me. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, all right, so we're getting into the uh, the abortion, though. Next, nice little uh, transition. Yeah. So you find out that Penny's pregnant, and you know Jennifer Grey is just striking out left and right with Swayze because she's like, "Oh, is it yours?" And he's like, "What? You just assumed this baby's mine?" It's like, "Uh, yeah, I do. Sorry." Which, which. Tim, we, we talked about it briefly. I mean, that's one thing I had in my notes was for me to ask you, you know, is what would $250 look like with inflation today? And would that be enough to successfully perform a, a back alley abortion? So I looked it up and uh, just for the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, you're certainly on a list. Yes. So the, infl- no, I didn't look up how much does a $250 abortion in 1963 now cost? Your wife it's, is going to love that search. Jesus for Christ. Research. No, I looked up $250 just in inflation. <laughs> oh, well, this is this is less interesting now. What What is the cheapest abortion I can get in 2018? <laughs> but uh, $250 in 1963 was the equivalent to $2,000 today. Oh, dude, that's this, not even close to an abortion. This no. is the Dicks in the Back Row brought to you by Planned Parenthood. Which is now being canceled. So, abortions <laughs> right. or away. As they call, or as they call it in Tennessee, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And, and can we point out, too, they hand Penny a whiskey drink after she tells everyone that she's pregnant. She's like, well, I'm getting an abortion. And who gives a shit? <laughs> pound, pound, pound. That was yeah, the first cigarette. thing I noticed. I was like, why the, why the fuck are they giving her? Like, it was like whiskey on the rocks and neat. No, like, you didn't. People drank through pregnancies back then. Yep. People you smoked. Know? People drank through pregnancies. Yeah. Have people you ever took, watched you know. Mad Men? But um, so you also find out though that um, Robbie is the uh, the father, and he's just you know this huge scumbag, and you know Johnny Castle is just showing how much of a great guy he is. He's offering to you know pretty much give all of his salary for this abortion, but he still wouldn't have enough money. And uh, so, a little side side story on this uh, this poor bastard Robbie in real life. Uh, he was also an author, and while he was just doing like in quote research about drug addicts, he became addicted to heroin and ended up dying uh, while like freebasing crack cocaine. So, yeah. all right, all right, nice. Yep, no, nice I'm uplifting not. story. Yep. Well, at least I, I will say, at least for his character, there's a point where he is like he's talking to uh, Jennifer Grey, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, what's he say? Like, some people matter and some people don't, yep. and then he just gives her a copy of the Fountainhead that he just happens to carry with him while right. he's on, de- you know, just <laughs> yeah. cleaning tables. Oh. And I'm just like, oh man, if I couldn't, if I couldn't dislike you anymore, I was like, ah, oh, you're the fucking worst person. Nothing gets <laughs> a girl's juices flowing like Anne Rand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
Yeah, so like that's that's what I was gonna get into. Like you know, Jennifer Grey's just being like, "Hey, you need to pay for this abortion." And he's like, "No, you need to just like you know, you need to read the art of the deal or like some other fucking egocentric book." <laughs> it's not my fucking problem. So even though it is, which but I mean, I don't when, care. When I go to work, I carry around paperback novels to hand to people for life lifestyle advice. And then insist on the, that they give it back to you. Because yeah. <laughs> you can't lose your notes in the margins. Yeah, he's got yeah. notes on the margins. God. Oh, Jesus Christ. I got uh, more insights to offer, and they're on the margins. The notes are probably just like, that's a good point. I like this, this guy. Part, definitely, yeah. This guy definitely ended end up working for the Reagan administration, too. Yeah, he's a Milton Friedman disciple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this makes uh, Jennifer Grey then uh, reach out to her dad and say, hey, can I borrow $250? And he's like, it isn't for anything illegal, right? And she's like, no, <laughs> it's not for an illegal abortion. <laughs> but so $250 is now equivalent to $2,000 today. So she's asking, hey, daddy, can I just have $2,000? And he's like, sure, here you go. Like, how fucking rich is this guy? Well, yeah, well, and my thing too is like, when she was informed that this girl needed an abortion, that's not how anyone would act. And most people would be like, yikes, you know, well, good, good luck with that. Like, catch you later. Yeah, it was kind of weird how they all just immediately just, like, there wasn't any conversation about keeping it. They're like, oh, I mean, you definitely have to abort that thing. <laughs> a, l- a little aside, my, so a friend of mine in grad school, we were sitting in a, a, a room studying, there was like three of us. And he gets a text from this girl he was sleeping with saying that she was pregnant. And we all just, like, sat there in silence, like, staring at the wall for, like, 20 minutes. And then this British kid that was in our little, like, study group just, like, broke the silence and go, Hey, mate, you just need to tell her to get the fuck rid of that thing. You just need to tell her to get rid of that. Just take care of it, bro. You know, just, she needs to get rid of it. <laughs> Nick it in a bud. Gotta boot that baby out. Fi- and then 15 minutes later, my friend was out the door on, on the way to, quote, take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> Took that advice to heart in the worst yeah. possible. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We never saw but, him again. Yeah. But by, uh, all well, account, by all accounts, that was done at a, uh, at a licensed abortion clinic. So it wasn't one of these, you know, back alley, folding, rusty knife on a rusty folding knife. table. Rusty oh, knife God. abortion. Oh, God. All right, we're really just getting off the rails here, and we're tur- I was about to say, if we had any listeners, they're fucking gone now. And only people who are going to be listening to a podcast that is about dirty dancing are going to be girls. And we've been talking about nothing but just back alley abortions for the last like fifteen minutes. You're welcome, kids. Jesus. All right, so you're welcome. Uh, so you know, baby offers to pay for the abortion, and Swayze's still being a dick, and he's like, you know, showing how rough around the edges and blue collar he is, and. So yeah, it takes a real saint to ask for daddy. And eventually Penny just agrees to get this abortion, but someone needs to step in for uh, to be Johnny's dance partner. So who's that going to be? The person who's never danced in their life. What about Wayne Knight? He's right on his feet. <laughs> I've seen Seinfeld. I, I know how quickly he moves. <laughs> yeah. They're trusting of her because she's trying to change the world and her dad loves that. And she keeps talking about like the Peace Corps, like it's like a buzzword. Like someday she's going to get paid like a billion dollars for saying the word Peace Corps. It's like, all right, first of all, calm down. She's going to be the next Frances Perkins. She's going to be the next like Maholioke Saint. That's right, man. Secretary of Labor. You got to be the first lady secretary of labor somewhere out there. First cabinet official. All right. So going back into (laughs) (laughs) Good reference, right, guys? I know. Right? Hey, listen, I loved it. I was all about that. I got rock hard just like when I saw Patrick Swayze the first time in this movie. I was like, ooh, history. Well. <laughs> um, so, God, all right. Um, so Jennifer Grey, you get into this nice little uh, super sweet montage, and you get the Hungry Eyes song. And uh, it looks like you know Swayze is about to just break Jennifer Grey's arm while she's just telling her that she's not dancing correctly. And then, you know, you also just see her kind of wiggling her ass all over this dock. Which Ariel take notice? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Speaking of abortions, too busy fucking stepping Ariel. in front of a trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screaming at eighteen wheelers and trying to jump into trains. God, what yeah. a contrast. Oh, that, that movie. God, 
Tim, that I, I appreciated your amount of rage in the last podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm only I'm only here right now through the miracle of SSRIs and modern psychotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So this this uh, montage is still going on, guys, and um, also so it's 1963, but both these girls are wearing like 1980s Jane Fonda spandex, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. and can we can we talk about the fact before they really get to training? No. Uh, Swayze yanks a pole out of the ground, breaks a hole in his window to get into his car. Like that's, no, that's later. After. No, wait. Yeah, man, you're. you're Is that, am, I, am I jumping ahead? Hey, jumping yeah. ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Who's telling the story? Me or you? I am hungover. My brain's not fucking working today. All right. Well, then take a couple plays off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're still doing all this training and, you know, they're outdoors training and, you know, out in the woods like it's Stallone from Rocky Four. And you know what, guys? I think baby's ready for this dance. So then Swayze breaks the window and they go to this dance. Okay? The abortion dance. So, okay. So basically, <laughs> like, th- they get into a little argument because baby's like, hey, I'm helping you out. Stop chastising me. Stop reaming me out here. Well, so, you know, most girls would be happy with Patrick Swayze reaming them out. But anyways, <laughs> so then Patrick Swayze's solution is to just drive her out to the woods and do like a balance beam dance on a log. This is yeah. their ode to Kenny Loggins, who could not have been there just to like dance, <laughs> jump on top of a log, you know, all that nonsense. And I also just noted here, I have, I'm glad she learned how to dance in a week for the big game. <laughs> this is like the most stereotypical, like, it's like, I'm not good at anything. How about a week? All right. Ah, now I'm great. It's like, wait, what? It takes 10,000 hours to be an expert. What do I have a week? Perfect. Yeah. Done and done. And then the gratuitous, uh, you know, learn how to do the jump scene where she's oh, in the yeah. lake. With a white yep. shirt on, blasting nips. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I wasn't going to say the nips thing, but I, I was surprised at how great of shape. <laughs> Max says there's something really neat called restraint. I did take a note, though. I was I was impressed. I was like, wow, Jennifer Grey is actually in really, really good shape. I, I had no idea. Fucking crushing yeah, it. Yeah, she looked, she looked I, good. I, I was more enthralled with Patrick Swayze's glistening body, but whatever. <laughs> you guys thought Jennifer Swayze. Gray was fine. Yeah. She's okay, too. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> um, so during this dance, you know, Baby's a little shaky, but she's still doing okay, but she can't do the lift, which I'm sure won't come back in a dramatic, climactic way at any point in this movie. But after the dance, the abortion does not go well, uh, pretty much just because Johnny's cousin hired a butcher to do this abortion. Uh, which just leads to a baby having to ask her dad for help. Uh, that was that was actually one of the biggest surprises in the movie for me. You know, I thought that they had abortion technology pretty locked down in 1963. Hmm. Oh, God. Apparently, not the Polish butcher down the street. But... <laughs> Sir, I've told you, I cut hams for a living. Well, <laughs> you're gonna cut one right now too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a baby. <laughs> or not. I don't know. You're the lawyer, Preble. You tell us. Yeah, you can't make that statement, Preble. That'll, that's going to get you in trouble. I know. That's why I said or not. I took both. I straddled both sides of that fence pretty well, I think. There you but go. I will say, so there were a couple of other things, too, that I thought were just hilarious in this little sequence. One, when that old lady, like, falls down and about 150 wallets fall out of her bag. <laughs> And how is Jennifer Grey and the other, the Penny or whomever she's with, like, not realize, like, this is too many wallets? It's like, <laughs> someone put two and two together here, okay? I didn't even She's stealing that. wallets. Yes. She is stealing wallets, which maybe might come back later. Wink, nod. Wink, nod, nudge. <laughs> we'll find out. So, uh, after, you know, uh, Jerry Orbach cleans her up or whatever... I don't even want to know what he was doing. <laughs> Detective Briscoe. Detective Briscoe? Detective Briscoe on the scene, okay. on the abortion scene. Um, he asks who's responsible for this, and Swayze bites the bullet and says it was him who knocked Penny up just to you know, prevent her from getting fired. Um, but, you know, Baby's father doesn't know that he just did that to be a good friend and then forbids Baby from seeing Johnny again, which, of course, leads to Jennifer Grey just fucking Johnny almost immediately. <laughs> I mean, 
It is Patrick Swayze. Yeah, because they like you cut in the, like the next day and they're still training and they start really dirty dancing to which like every single woman watching this just goes into some sort of like paralyzed trance. Well, Jennifer Grey loses her virginity to a thirty-five-year-old. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I in, was in a paralyzed a, trance too. <laughs> in a shanty, <laughs> like yeah. what? What a more magical way to lose your virginity than in Patrick Swayze's a love shanty, staring up at just water-damaged wood. <laughs> your 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 knees bruised at the end from <laughs> the the hardwood floors that are directly under his mattress. It's dirty, hot, and passionate. Don't you guys get it? <laughs> so Nikki also uh, Nikki came home while the scene was going on and I mean just like on cue like literally as the scene came on she just goes oh you yeah finished? and then she just started like dry humping the air just watching it <laughs> like, this is what it, this, this is what Swayze does to women I, I'm sure she's gonna love you bringing that up to a national audience <laughs> a national national audience is always kidding who yeah. and now <laughs> I was gonna say my girlfriend won't even listen to this and this is like her favorite movie like she national, loves it national audience I, I did not think Paco could be more delusional <laughs> <laughs> easily the most delusional statement ever made hey we're the number three dick related podcast on iTunes we're going places this, this is what Derek's yelling when he's just waiting through TSA when he's getting searched do you know who I am? I have the third highest rated dick podcast on iTunes. We're they right, immediately yeah, take me back for like a private search. <laughs> we're right behind the number two dick related podcast, which is, does this spot on my dick lo- mean I have cancer? <laughs> Why is my dick lumpy? Yeah. That's number four. All right. So, uh, you know, a few minutes after, you know, actually for like for the next few minutes, it just pretty much consists of uh, Johnny and baby just boning and, uh, which at one point Jennifer Grey asks uh, him how many women he's been with, and Swayze just does like the ultimate flip zone, just saying it's like, well, I, I fucked these rich broads like three or four times a day, but they were using me. <laughs> yeah. So is Pat is Patrick Swayze basically saying that he is being like Harvey Weinsteined by these older yeah. women there? Yes. Hmm. He's saying that they're all rich and they have all this money, and I'm just this this poor poor. Super sexy 35-year-old boy who can't do anything else but fuck him. Sometimes that's the only option you've got, Max. Yeah, you know, because that, that's any any women that were listening to this podcast is now like, yes, this is the exact same as Harvey Weinstein. Patrick, <laughs> Swayze, Patrick Swayze being paid for sex. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying it's like Patrick Swayze is making it out that he's like being <laughs> coerced into all these sexual encounters. There's never been like a movie that's actually like portrayed like sexual exploitation and you know, like against women really like this. And now the only example of this in, mo- in the modern fucking movie diaspora is like Patrick Swayze being like, yeah, I'm being taken advantage of. <laughs> Poor <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Ultimate flip zone. Uh, it's kind of like it's right. kind of like that. So- it's- <laughs> It's kind of like that South Park episode when, like, the 12-year-old kid is just, like, continually getting fucked from his teacher and he doesn't want it. And they're like, you need to take him in. He's like, what, for just being the luckiest boy in the world? Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm pointing out the fact that, like, the, o- the only time anyone's ever been like, anyways, don't, I'm going to say. I think we get it. <laughs> But also, Johnny gets upset with uh, with Baby because she hasn't told her her, her dad that they're together, and uh, you know Baby's really starting to crack this uh, tough guy's exterior, and you know Johnny's starting to show how sensitive he can actually be. So it's slowly coming out, and uh, this sets up a scene just following uh, Johnny just being like the best of both worlds by just beating up Robbie the waiter, uh, which is totally justified too because he's like taking care of his childhood friend who almost died from his abortion and this dickhead saying it's like well I should have fucked your girlfriend instead yeah that was a really nice thing to say <laughs> to be to be honest this is exactly what everyone who goes to Yale is like they're just like that fucking douchebag it's, it's part of their orientation yeah. seminar I feel like there's yeah. deep rooted pain there Tim <laughs> I hate I hate Yale I hate the city of New Haven Connecticut honestly if we to be honest I hate the fucking state of Connecticut but you know, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. there's definitely some underlying bad ill will here, Paco. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and I would have to say, I think Patrick Swayze sums up best when he describes them as they're rich and they're mean. Like, yeah, <laughs> that is that does define them in the two most dominant characteristics they possess. Yes, that's what I love about you, Johnny. You just cut to the core. <laughs> right, you cut right to the chase. 
<laughs> and your waist is smaller than mine. All right, so uh, during rehearsals, you have baby's uh, sister just making, like, cat screams with her yodeling song. Oh, God. Yoko Ono on vocals. Yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, God. And that was that was really bad. Yeah, that, it was not good. Um, and then you also have this cougar who just come up to Swayze, and she's just pretty much like, this is my last night here, and we're totally going to fuck. And, my husband's uh, going to be playing poker, and we're, I'm going to be letting you poke me. To which the husband, he goes over to the husband, the husband just like gives him a few bucks, and it's pretty much just like, I got a poker game tonight, just a couple of bucks, just go fuck my wife for me. He taps him on the back. <laughs> And then, you know, Swayze just says, you know, I can't do that because I already have plans to fuck Jennifer Grey tonight. I'm sorry. Makes them not happy. (laughs) The husband's husband's just like, listen, someone's got to do this job. It's like, listen, I have enough stuff to do today. I really just don't want to spend any time with my wife. So if anybody, please, I'll throw these things at you. (laughs) You think I want any part of that withered old ham? (laughs) Go to the abortion (laughs) clinic, right, Derek? Yep, that's right. That's right. Well, no, she's too old. She's she's dried up. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be a Welcome lot of editing. To the misogyny podcast. I sometimes forget that my girlfriend <laughs> listens to this podcast. Welcome to the last episode of the Dicks in the Back Row. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sarah. You're really not gonna listen after that one. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, we're finding something. She was new. listening before. <laughs> she was listening to all again, these other ones again, before. Again, the height of the height of delusion. Oh my god. <laughs> no, the funniest thing was she told me she's like, Derek, you know, I really want to tell my friends about your podcast, but I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell my Fair. friends either for a very good reason. Speaking of someone who cuts this chase. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, it's not even the cursing. It's just, it's just bad. <laughs> it's just everything. Oh boy! So back to dirty dancing. Back to dirty dancing. So you uh, cut the Swayze and Jennifer Grey fucking again, but after they're boning, uh, he tells her about a dream that he had about her dad accepting him because this is a female fantasy where the bad boy's now just eating out of your hand. And also, the trophy wife uh, sees baby leave at Johnny's place, to which you know she then says that Johnny robbed her husband uh, from the night before. It wasn't. It was the hardened nine-year-old. Scam artists. Yeah. They can't walk straight. I knew it would come back to be relevant, all those thousands of wallets pouring out of that (laughs) woman's bag. If Scooby Doo taught me anything, I knew this would come back around. (laughs) But uh, so Baby's defending Johnny, and no one believes her until she just caves in and said Johnny could have stolen his wallets because we were fucking all night. And I also just love what the uh, the owner, like Max, says to his grandson, like just saying, like, "Come on, grandson, let me show you how to fire somebody." <laughs> Classism reasserts itself. This whole movie is kind of amazing that it was made in the era of Reagan because it's all like <laughs> rich people aren't better than you just because they're rich, and this movie is just all about that shit. Look at Preble breaking it down, huh? That's like that's like <laughs> what I saw. I saw this movie through the lens of like class warfare as I was watching this and just really and my girlfriend's like next to me watching it just like quoting all her favorite parts about watermelons and stuff (laughs) i saw this this movie through the lens of tasteless abortion jokes (laughs) 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 unfortunately for tim tim has four pages of notes and three of them are just abortion jokes which he had to then just tear up and throw away (laughs) right oh in case our listeners didn't catch on already Uh, but then oh, Jennifer they're, Grey they're, had, not they're not fucking listening anymore. Nobody's listening No, everyone's turned off at this point uh, But Jennifer <laughs> Grey just has this little monologue Which, you know, probably is the most cringeworthy scene Of this entire movie But this, somehow it just makes Jerry Orbach cry And then you find out the old couple's been stealing all these wallets And uh, Swayze goes to Jerry But, uh, you know, he doesn't approve of him Being his daughter Because he's blue-collar trash And, you know, his parents aren't in, like, the appropriate tax bracket That's right Yep. It's very Indian, like caste systems, you know? <laughs> that is certainly true. Well done. Some would say that the, that the uh, I forget their last name, but the Gray family, they are the Brahmins. And some would suggest that Johnny Castle oh. are the untouchables, or the Dalit, as some would say. Boom. Well, I'll see you guys later, I guess. I gotta get the, <laughs> I gotta get the, I gotta get the fuck out back. of here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a comprehensive breakdown of the caste system, the <laughs> Indian caste system, to you know, ring people back in. 
the smartest dick podcast on iTunes. Smartest podcast about abortions and then the Holocaust you've ever seen. Number so. two dick podcast, here we come. The fun, the weirdest thing about it is that it made Jerry Orbach cry, or should I say Detective Lanny Briscoe cry. Um, <laughs> but, and then he still doesn't accept him. He's still like, yeah, you know, that was moving, but fuck you still. My daughter said it, not you. I don't give a shit what you have to say, poor person. Right. Right, exactly. exactly. Go shine my shoes or get out. Okay, so the next scene, though, you get uh, this, the, the sweet song of uh, She's Like the Wind, which was actually sung by Swayze, and he says bye to Jennifer Grey. Oh, right, <laughs> right, gang? My girlfriend was, like, watching this with me. This is, like, I do not kid you. This is her favorite movie, and she was so unhappy I wasn't enjoying it as much as she was, which is, like, the real, <laughs> real problem. I was like, Was yeah. Michelle shedding tears uh, during this? No, no, she reserves that for Billy Joel concerts when I take her to see like Billy Joel and it's just like un- uncontrolled tears to like an amount that makes me profoundly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> just like I have it on film and tape and she was like not ashamed like at all. <laughs> I was like, oh God, so much, so much display of a, like of emotion in public would be punishable by death in my family. <laughs> I think I think we're missing a huge point here that the that the listeners may just now be catching on to. That's that all of us have significant others. <laughs> for, <laughs> that's probably for, the for most now. surprising yeah. thing about this podcast. I think that's one of us is married and three well, Max, Max's significant other will be around for the longest because I hear divorce divorce proceedings are take a while. So, <laughs> Rebel, can you can you weigh in this. here? I I I mean I can weigh in on, on a number. Yeah, Preble, do you want to weigh in on my future divorce? Let's just talk about this now. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, that's state law, and I don't know anything about Tennessee state law, so I'm going to leave that one there. But I will say, that that piece of information that we all just talked about may actually keep people in the podcast, just because of like the like quixotic, bizarre juxtaposition of like, how do these four like abominable people have significant others who like spend <laughs> time with them? Who enjoy their company. Yes. Well, I, I can be, I can tell you right now, I think the minute I walk out of this bedroom, to see Abby, she's probably going to be packing up her things. So. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I'm not going to have a significant other after Wait, this. Wait, Tim, I just helped you move one whole TV and a and a piece of fabric upstairs just yesterday. Is all a my hard work going to go? It's yeah. She's gonna she's gonna get her. She's gonna be putting that in her bindle. You know, walking, walking out of the apartment, being like, I can't. I cannot believe I moved in with this degenerate. <laughs> Tim opens the door, and then all you hear is, She's like the wind. Yep. <laughs> all right. So later on, the talent show wraps up, and you have the owner, Max, talking to this poor old black man, just reminiscing about the good old days, which I'm sure this old dude is just, like, grinding his teeth while listening to all this. <laughs> By the way, like, the Civil Rights Act doesn't exist yet, so, like, he's probably, yeah. like, it's amazing that he's there at, like, this basically all-white <laughs> establishment. Like, FYI. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. I felt bad for this dude. It's like, remember the good old days when you weren't allowed to come through the front door and you had to eat dinner in the back of the kitchen? Those were the days. The guy's just like, uh, yeah, they're still like that. Yeah. Remember Jim Crow? Wasn't that dope? I was like, no. <laughs> Not for me. All right. So, then you get one of like the most uh, pop, you know, most famous scenes coming up, so... Who shows back up but old Swayze because nobody puts baby in a corner. Oh, boy. She wasn't really even in a corner. Like, there, yeah, she was, was kind of like, like in a, little, a nook. Yeah. yeah, like a nook. No one puts baby in a nook. But me. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think that we can't sell copy like that. Nobody catty corners baby in a corner. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's rewrite another. Let's write that again. Another awesome, awesome. I mean, the. All these dance movies just have such good aerial scenes, and you get a, oh, yeah. a slow-mo Swayze jump in this scene, which is yeah. but, very uh, erotic. Yeah. yeah, so Johnny jumps up on his you know soapbox, and he's like, someone said I wasn't allowed to dance, but I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him all. And then he just jumps off, and you know the, the grand uh, finale dance routine starts off with the Time of My Life song, which um, I was actually surprised that this is like only the second time you hear the song, and it's the first time you actually hear the lyrics. I was expecting to hear the song like seven times throughout the movie. Yeah, I know, right? A little like Footloose, perhaps? Yes. <laughs> Again, Footloose, take notice, you pieces of shit. 
I will say th- this scene provides the one opportunity for the mother of all this, like, you know, uh, Detective Briscoe's wife, who has been basically like non-existent throughout this entire movie, finally is like, sit down, husband, like, don't break up their dancing. What an underdeveloped character. Like, what possibilities, <laughs> like, lay in this? She's basically been like invisible this entire time. And now. What well, is the 60s? I mean, she's lucky to be out of the kitchen. <laughs> Bye again, uh, well, ladies. Sorry. Okay. This, this is just this is just <laughs> giving more and more reinforcements for the pending divorce with Nikki. So I should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, then I you took... then you have an inexplicable flash mob dance. Oh yeah. Well, when did these people learn this routine? Yeah. But before that, though, baby lands the lift. Oh shit. Yeah. To which everyone in the audience stands up and starts applauding. Correct me if I'm wrong. That. They couldn't get the lift earlier in the movie, right? Yeah. They couldn't, Tim. And and it's almost like when they get the lift this time, it's like a triumphant symbol of their union mm. and their acceptance. Is, is that? It, I think it's like as if they have grown as a couple throughout this, this period of time, their relationship has developed and it's being exemplified. I think it was a subtle note on the completion of the abortion. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with Jennifer Grey, but, but you don't know that. that. Oh, that's very true. Actually, well said, Max. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Doc. Maybe Doc Lenny Briscoe is going out there and just giving all the ladies abortions in this movie. Free abortions for everybody! Yeah! And then they all just start dancing. Who wants to sit on my rusty knife? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello, police officers. <laughs> <laughs> We said, we said goodbye to the remainder of our female audience and hello to the federal investigators who are investigating us now. Oh, God. But, um, I think the moral of this story in this movie is is that dirty dancing is the only kind of dancing. Abortions bring everyone closer together. That is true. It. These Relationships were basically catalyzed. Cat, yeah, I don't know, whatever that word is. Yeah. <laughs> Cat. Catalyst, yeah, that's right. Around that's an abortion. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> I mean, yep, guys, I don't want to point out the obvious here, but... We already have. Please, please don't point out the obvious. Please, for the love I of don't God. want to know what you think is obvious at this point. <laughs> oh, God. Let's just end this fucking movie. Jesus. All right. So, uh, Swayze gets the father's approval, and then this 1987 song that's in 1963 closes out the movie. I also do like that the uh, the owner Max is like he's looking around. He's like, "Where did this music come from?" <laughs> he's like baffled. Everything's fine. Classism has been defeated. Everything's great. Yep, and that's it. And then they live happy ever after, except for Penny, who had some massive complications. But nobody really cares about her, <laughs> right? But apparently, that one shot of clear liquid that Detective Lenny Brasco gave her just cleared it up. You know? <laughs> Also, no one thought to call an ambulance. He literally just had this, like, back alley <laughs> surgery, and he's just like, okay, here's some morphine. You'll be fine in I don't know how long. <laughs> but well. just this is just a, I mean, I think this movie pro- provides a perfect roadmap for women who are trying to empower themselves. The key to really just shaking off the bonds of the patriarchy is g- completing a lift with your hot sexy dance partner that you've been also fucking that's the way to shake off the patriarchy is just just you know finish a lift because <laughs> we're experts in women as you can all tell and this is how you win over all the men in your in your life I I have a certificate from DeVry University in women's studies so <laughs> that I found in the trash <laughs> From the now defunct ITT Technical University. (laughs) I am an authority. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go into some trivia because this movie's over. Thank God. Uh, So, Jennifer Grey was actually 26, and Patrick Swayze was 35 years old in this movie, even though they were playing like 17 and 22 year olds. Well, yep. Do you think they got down in real life after, you know, these are some pretty hot dance scenes, you know? Yeah, so that's something I had written down like earlier on, like when they were dancing, was they definitely must have been fucking because like their chemistry is great in this. But apparently, oh, she hated Swayze. 
Um, they worked together oh. in uh, Red Dawn. And I guess she thought that he was just like a huge arrogant asshole. And she originally said no to the movie. And he, like, he had to convince her to actually do it. And he was, you know, he's like, I'll be nice. Like, I promise. Which kudos to Jennifer Grey. Because that makes her even a better actress. Because it looks oh, like yeah, she, she wants to fuck Swayze throughout this oh, entire yeah. movie. Like, her body language is all over him. And just to then find out you know, later on that she fucking hated his guts makes it even more impressive. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. just dripping, dripping hot, you know? Yeah. Um, so that kind of actually kind of ties into this next uh, trivia thing, too. So, you know, the scene when Johnny and Baby are practicing dancing and Jennifer Grey just keeps on laughing when Swayze's running his hand down her arm uh, was actually accidental because apparently it was like the last shot of the day. They were both exhausted and Jennifer Grey was just kind of getting like loopy and kept on laughing. And Swayze was like legitimately getting pissed off just because he wanted to go home. So they just like kept the shot in. <laughs> but see that's a great shot to keep in it like yeah. speaks to the chemistry they had you know yeah definitely um also swayze he was offered six million dollars to do a sequel but he turned it down just because he didn't like to do sequels uh he did all of his stunts in the movie so during like that log balancing scene i guess he kept on falling and then he had to get his knee drained after it <laughs> jesus <laughs> and that's yeah. why swayze's the best a real you renaissance know? man. You think Kevin Bacon's doing that oh, yeah. fucking... No. Kevin Bacon's, <laughs> like, in a trailer somewhere. No. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's fucking sucks. <laughs> Do you hear me, Kevin? Do you hear me? If you're listening, you fucking of all the, suck. Because all of our nationwide people that are listening to this, this is, he's the one person <laughs> that's like, you know what I really want to be about? This podcast. <laughs> Um, so also, uh, Conan O'Brien led a petition in 1997 to re-release Dirty Dancing in theaters, um, and they had so many people write in that they actually did re-release it into theaters, and then later on, Conan said that he didn't even like the movie. He just thought it would be funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. Yep. Um, Classic Conan. Conan. So also, uh, originally Jennifer Grey was supposed to be nude in the sex scene, but it didn't uh, place well during the testing, so they had to pull it. So, like, I mean, who the fuck were those people who said they didn't like that? Yeah, come on. God. Oh, my God. People are imagine fools. Yeah, Goddamn prudes. This would be so much better. I mean, to be honest, if I would have rathered Patrick Swayze being full naked, but, you know, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. <laughs> well, also, so just talking about wanting to see people naked, this was Wayne Knight's first movie, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was hoping to see Detective Briscoe naked. <laughs> Lenny Briscoe. Actually, do you see? Do you see his barrel chest and that uh, that that like uh, that like polo shirt he had on at the beginning? Oh my god! It was just like man boobs on man boobs. He's definitely wearing a brassiere. <laughs> so uh, casting what ifs? There's not a whole lot of them, but um, originally uh, they Sarah Jessica Parker and Sharon Stone auditioned for the role, but uh, the directors wanted someone who could actually dance, and Jennifer Grey was a trained like professional dancer, so she got the role. And then for Johnny Castle, uh, Swayze wasn't the first or the second choice. So they, what? yeah, <laughs> they offered the role first of El Kilmer, who turned it down. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Man. The ice this movie would have been so I much worse. Ice Man, God. Ugh. Coming and off a of Top Gun. Yeah, he's coming off a of Top Gun. And then, so, so the second one they brought in was Billy Zane. Get out, really? <laughs> Billy, yeah. The Billy Zane? Billy Zane. From the Phantom and Titanic? What? Yep. Come and on. He got to the point of like doing screen testing, but I guess like he and Jennifer Grey had zero chemistry, so then they just dumped him, and then they brought in Swayze. Billy Zane has zero chemistry with anybody. He's like a fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. robot. <laughs> Bill, Billy Zane? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So, going to the next segment, who's your favorite and who is your least favorite character in this movie? I mean, obviously it's Johnny Castle, my favorite character, and my least favorite character, I think, has to be fucking the, you know, the owner's nephew or whatever, or son. Neil. 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 From Cornell School of Hotel Management. (laughs) (laughs) Which is apparently supposed to be some, like, fucking panty wetter. It's the Harvard of Hotel Management, don't you know? Perhaps what about you? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, Wayne Knight was gold in every single scene that he was in. He was good. Terrible but jokes. I, yeah, it was just horrendous jokes, but he owned them, like, every time. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, maybe, like, Wayne Knight, my least favorite person in this. I don't, 
I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, Neil is an easy one or the guy that went to Yale because he was like literally like a terrible person. Like he's just awful. Like he like not the the, the actor who portrayed him shouldn't have died. Like that character should have died from <laughs> opioid abuse. Like that's how I feel about that. I guess my favorite, of course, it would have to be Swayze, but uh, least favorite, least favorite was easily everyone in this movie over the age of 50 that continuously called her baby. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I just really fucking hated that. All right. So uh, I'll switch it up. So my, my, um, but yeah, I guess uh, most favorite, I'll say Jennifer Gray's character just because of the fact that she fucking hated Swayze and she made everyone (laughs) believe that she was like head over heels for, for him. Just shows how good of an actress she was. And it's also kind of sad too, because this is like the end of her career after this. Because, like, she had done a couple movies. Like, she had just, like, coming off, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which she's great in that, too. She's probably, like, the best character in that movie. And then doing this. And then she got a nose job. You know, pretty much right after that, like, her career just came to an end. And she even admitted she that, a... too. Wait, she got a nose job? I gotta see her post-nose job. Like, she just lost all of her, you know, girl-next-door cuteness after that. Oh, dude, she looks fucking terrible <laughs> with the nose job. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't look good. Oh, Jennifer. What you do? What could have been? <laughs> um, least favorite, I'll say the sister. Just because she's a fucking terrible singer. Her yodeling you know, could have been used as, like, torture. All right. So going to the next one. If Mark Wahlberg was in this, what would he be confused about? Why aren't there more abortions? Who pays for an abortion? You got a perfect set of stairs right over here. <laughs> hey, Penny, come over here. Hey, hey, Donnie, go get me a hangout out of the closet. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he'd just be confused about everyone calling Jennifer Grey baby. I think that would just make him go fucking crazy. <laughs> Wait, is she an actual baby? You're not a baby. Why is everyone calling you a baby? <laughs> Silence. <Pew! laughs> just, just, <laughs> nothing like some dead air. <sighs> Jesus. All right, let's just wrap this shit up. Okay, so um, unlike IMDb with the easy 0 through 10 score, Rotten Tomatoes with their certified fresh and percentage score, we've decided to do our own scoring system. So what would your score be for this? My score would be 12 out of 12 Patrick Swayze abs. Ooh. Ooh. Cut, cut, Yeah. Cut. Yeah, guys. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, of course, i got to get one last shot in here. Oh, Three boy. botched rusty Jesus knife abortions God. out of five go finger oh, abortions. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. Oh, no. No. Oh, God. People are going to think back oh. and be like, I think they skipped somebody on the scoring system. I wonder why. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's really, it's really well cut off. Um, I will say, so... Um, because I think my girlfriend Michelle really likes the time when they talk about when she's super nervous and she goes up to that cabin for the first time for that dance party. And they're like, she says, uh, I carried a watermelon. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give this three successfully carried watermelons out of three up the stairs. <laughs> I'm going to give the zero corners out of one baby just because nobody should ever put her there. <laughs> Boom. Ba-doom, ba-doom. <laughs> So I want to I want to let the audience know that Max gave this a spectacular rating. He did really. It was much better than the abortion knife rating that Derek gave. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm just saying Max loved this movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I like this, this movie. Is, uh, this is probably my second favorite after Jurassic Park that we've done. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, I, that. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of options to choose from, but <laughs> only one of these films is not podiuming. And I think the consensus would be Footloose, despite how much I in- enjoyed some of that some of that movie. I mean, yeah. you know, if since since we're already down the uh, the path of no return on the abortions, <laughs> fucking <laughs> foot, Footloose is an abortion. So, <laughs> oh god, yes, did not. Okay. Like that. Well, I'm gonna. I'm, Max, I'm, Max is just so done with this. <laughs> If you guys um, could see me, I'm just squirming all over my chair. I'm like, my, my hands are just running through my hair. I'm just like moving around all over the place. I'm so uncomfortable. This, this, it's like, podcast, this podcast is going to be fucking 20 minutes long. <laughs> Max has like locked the door and started like hammering to make sure Nikki can't come in. He's got like his foot pressed up against it to make sure she can't hear any of this shit. It's like, oh God. Well, now I'm going to go promote the show after all that. So uh, <laughs> just to let you guys all know that uh, we're on Instagram now, and it's uh, TDBackRow underscore pod. 
And uh, also, uh, we if you want to write into our mailbag, too, you can just reach us at tdbackrow at gmail.com. Uh, just because we did our first mini-episodes past week. And uh, if we get a couple of people to write in with questions or suggestions or whatever else, we, we you know we might just start making that part of the mailbag. So please refrain from any kind of abortion, pro-life, pro-choice emails too. We'd really appreciate that. Um, uh, keep those coming in, guys. Disregard that, folks. Disregard that two people who <laughs> accidentally stumbled upon this podcast. <laughs> yep. So for our next episode, we're going to be continuing with our Swayze September. And uh, we're going to be moving away from all this lady-friendly dancing stuff, and we're going to be increasing the testosterone with Roadhouse. So uh, we hope you guys enjoy these last Mm -hmm. two dancing episodes. Uh, We really kind of just escalated this one. I didn't think we were going to have so much abortion talk, so we're probably going to be staying (laughs) away from the dancing episodes here for a while. So until next time, please don't sue us. Bye, Bill. Yeah, no, say bye, Bill. (laughs) Bill. Uh, we're all gonna die. Oh, this is gonna be fun editing this one. Oh. Yeah, like, God forbid. I um I usually have like whiskey while doing these, and the the whiskey usually lasts me the entire episode. It's been gone for like forty five <laughs> minutes. Max is shaking like Jimmy Stewart's uncle in uh, what was the Wonderful Life? Mary, <laughs> Mary. <laughs> I haven't drank all the alcohol yet. Abortion like wasn't the main theme of that movie, but you know what? Oh, we, we did our it. level best to make sure that was <laughs> the theme of this podcast, <laughs> ladies. I mean, I thought it was a great podcast. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so sure. Nationally broadcast to zero people. <laughs>